Yeah. Good. All right. Um, amazing reading, which Tony read to us now. And, and when um, <coughs> Tim gave that to me, I, I, remember, I, I remember sending a little email to him saying, kind of, where do I start with, that, with, with, that, uh, uh, with this reading? But um, a happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And I wonder <coughs> how many of you uh, have got fantastic stories uh, of your mothers. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sure most of us can probably put our, put, put our hands to that. Um, I, remember <coughs> I remember I had kind of uh, stories of my... I remember my mother kind of looking after me when I was young. And, <coughs> and, uh, and I, I remember I had quite bad asthma. And nowadays, you know, asthma is kind of fairly common. Isn't it? How many people here have got asthma? That's good. Okay, well, I got a good, a good smashing. And, you, and some of you got blue inhalers, some of you got brown inhalers, some green ones, but there's loads of inhalers for every kind of particular kind of women fancy, as it were. Um, uh, or not women fancy, medical advice. Um, uh, that's, um, but I remember, I, I, I think I was, I, was, I, I was a child before... Um, before inhalers were, were really in, um, and, uh, and 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 treatment wasn't that good for asthma, um, and I remember kind of waking up breathless in the middle of the night, um, and uh, and it didn't go away with the odd kind of puff. It was a long, drawn-out affair, uh, and I and I remember my mother always being there, um, trying to calm my anxiety, trying to kind of get me on, and trying to uh, improve my situation. And I'm sure many, I'm sure you've all. Uh, can remember stories of your mothers helping you uh, through difficult situations. But I wonder, many of you, I suspect, here are mothers. Um, and uh, perhaps you can remember going through similar times with your children and a happy Mother's Day uh, to you today. But perhaps there was a problem at school that you were used to help with, a health problem. Perhaps your child was being bullied. Your heart went out to your child, your baby. Uh, and if you could have changed places with them, you would have done, and you did everything possible uh, to sort it out. Well, we learn <coughs> in Numbers, we learn in the book of Numbers, uh, Numbers chapter 26, that Moses', Moses mother uh, was called Jochebed, and, her, and that name meant divine splendor, or Jehovah, my glory, and suggesting that she was born uh, to a godly family. She was a Levite lady, and she was married to a Levite man uh, called Amram. And his name meant people exalted. Okay, their names meant a lot in those days. And so they were both members of the tribe that was going to, be, uh, was going to become the priests uh, in Israel. And they lived in a very interesting time <coughs> in Israel. Um, and the time was characterized by two uh, main things increasing oppression uh, and, and blessings from God. And I'd just like to uh, look at a few verses from chapter 1 um, of Exodus, uh, and just as, as, we, as I read them through, perhaps kind of just concentrate on what I'm reading and think, well, actually, how does, that, uh, how does it influence those two uh, things? So starting at chapter 1, verse 6, um, <clears throat> and do have the kind of, your Bible open if, you can, if, if, you, if you've got one in front of you, because it's quite interesting as we get on to chapter 2 as well. But look at, starting at chapter 1, verse 6, Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful, and they multiplied greatly, and they became exceedingly numerous, 
so that the land was filled with them. And then a new king, or pharaoh, a new king who did not know about Joseph, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they'll become even more numerous and if war breaks out, they'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labour. And they built Python and Ramses, and the pharaoh was called Ramses, Ramses I at the time. They built Python and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites, and they worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labour in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labour, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose name were Shifra and Pua, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it's a, if it's a boy, kill him, but if it's a boy, let, him, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God, and they did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. And then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, they're vigorous and they give birth before the midwives arrive. Amazing. Um, so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. So it was interesting, so going through that, there was a gradual stepwise increase of the amount of oppression that was going on. But no matter how much oppression occurred to the people of Israel, they multiplied even more because God was with them. And he even gave those midwives families of their own. As hardship increased, God's blessing kept pace, which is interesting, isn't it? God is a specialist at blessing when in difficult situations. Anyway, Pharaoh had had enough eventually and he made this final order in verse 22 of chapter 1. Every boy that's born you must throw into the Nile but let every girl live. And then we come on to the kind of chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 2 and we're introduced to the situation facing Jochebed and Amram. And... Um, <coughs> And it's amazing, isn't it? Um, because they have a boy child just after the Pharaoh's edict. And what do they do? What do they do? And I think the challenge of looking after the young Moses was probably mainly Jochebed's, wasn't it? Uh, because probably Amram was working all day, every day, in, in building Pharaoh's store cities. And, um, and he was probably having a dreadful time, probably not at home very much. And Jochebed was actually the person kind of sorting the home situation out. And just imagine, ladies, the, <clears throat> the situation. What would you do there? What would you do there? Um, you've, got two, you've got two other children. You've got uh, Miriam and you've got Aram. Um, and you've got no husband at home. And you've got a tiny baby who Pharaoh wants thrown into the Nile. What do you do? <laughs> and, but she, and she loved that child so much. What could uh, she do? And for three months, for three months she hid him. Um, and with God's help, she avoided uh, detection. 
And it's interesting because her and her husband's strong faith is commented on in the book of Hebrews, isn't it? Let me just read Hebrews 11, the, 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 that great chapter uh, of the men and women of faith. Um, <clears throat> by faith, in, in verse 23 it says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. They were not afraid of the king's edict. But anyway, but despite not being afraid, her little boy was getting noisier. So it's all right not to be afraid, but she, he was getting noisier and she knew, humanly speaking, that he would be discovered soon. The soldiers were passing every day. But you know, she had a plan. She had a plan. <clears throat> and she had a plan, one which had been uh, developing in her heart uh, for some time. Um, <clears throat> and and, and she, I think she was probably thinking, well, actually, is it God's plan? Is it God's plan? It was a plan based on the experience of her ancestor Abraham, uh, who'd handed his only son Isaac over to God as a human sacrifice. And I don't know if you remember that, that tremendous account uh, in Genesis 22. Um, <clears throat> but, Abraham, but Abraham had handed his son Isaac over to God as a human sacrifice, only to receive Isaac back. And Jochebed, I'm sure, Jochebed was kind of well, thinking, well, thinking on the history of Israel. And she was thinking, well, God had acted then. Could God do the same again? God had blessed the Hebrew midwives, hadn't he, as well? And the whole population had been increasing despite the oppression. Couldn't God do something for her? For Amran, her precious son. And she, she knew he could. And, and, and I think the start of a plan was probably going to going around in her heart. Surely God could look after her child. He was special, wasn't he? And I just wonder <clears throat> whether that applies to us. And I wonder, us, wonder how many of us have devised plans in our minds, kind of plans to cope with certain uh, difficult situations, uh, situations at home or situations at work. But we try, we've devised plans. And, um, and I, remember, I, remember, I remember here, <clears throat> I remember once, once sitting here in, uh, in this church in an evening service, um, uh, one day, and, and kind of my mind was kind of uh, buzzing round <clears throat> because I'd recently come back, uh, actually from Romania, where um, where I'd been involved in a windsurfing course, um, and it was a great. And the centre out there in Romania was was a great centre, but <clears throat> I just felt there was scope for scope for more. Uh, and so, kind of the plans that kind of Louise and I kind of <clears throat> developed uh, to uh, uh, to run an annual annual holiday, an annual project there. Uh, they, like, they kind of developed. The plans <clears throat> were going round uh, in my mind, in our minds. And uh, a number of us will be, are in the service today will be going to Romania this summer, as Jennifer's always said, and we've got some ideas as to, as to kind of how things will have. And I pray that they'll be God-inspired ideas. Because actually all of us, I and mean, we've had great times in the past, but actually, what's God wanting this year? All of us <clears throat> need a renewed vision and awareness of what God wants done this summer. Not just, not just in the past where God has blessed us hugely, but this summer. And we need to prepare ourselves for how God is going to use us as individuals and as a team for his purposes. And we need to allow God to move in our hearts. And so we can muse, as it were, muse on those ideas and plans. And it's exactly the same with us as a church here. 
um, we're going to be starting an evaluation period shortly where we evaluate how we're getting on as a church. And, and it's a time when actually we want to allow God to kind of move in our ideas and plans. Anyway, Jochebed did this and she came up with a plan uh, which she became convinced was God's plan and she'd have, she would have had to convince Amram uh, to go along with her plan um, <clears throat> although he, was, he very likely wasn't at home he was very likely walking away working in those store cities he perhaps came home in, in the occasionally perhaps when he was ill he was beaten regularly it was a, dre- it was a dreadful time uh, for Israel but anyway he went along with her and she also spoke to her eldest child Miriam telling her to watch uh, and see God work. It's interesting, isn't it? Just that kind of, they're kind of getting involved in the children. And, and some of the children were, Miriam meant bitterness, um, and uh, Aaron meant woe to this pregnancy, which were signs of the oppression, the dreadful, dreadful situation uh, in Israel. But her plan, this plan was going around in her mind. And so Jochebed made this little wicker basket. She made it waterproof. And she committed her little child uh, to God, placing him in the basket and reeds at the edge of the Nile. And she walked off. And that was as far as her plan took her. And I suspect she was crying. Was this God's plan? She was probably thinking. She kind of, when you, when you, yeah, you can just imagine her situation, can't you? Did God really mean her to do this? And I wonder if you can just kind of think of difficult situations in your life where God has perhaps led you to a point. Does, does God really want, you to, want this? What would happen now, she thinks. And then she left, but Miriam, the daughter, watched. It's interesting, perhaps Jochebed's faith had led her to the point of putting, putting the baby in the water. Um, but perhaps Miriam's, <clears throat> in that kind of childlike way, had some idea uh, of the next step. But whatever, Miriam knew Uh, She had to watch. And look uh, what happened. Verse 5. Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. And she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. And then his sister, Miriam, asked Pharaoh's daughter. She kind kind of came out of the reeds. And she was obviously given the, given the words by God, as, one, as happens in this situation. Then his sister asked Pharaoh, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, Pharaoh's daughter answered, and the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him, nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And what nursing she must have given for those few years. In those few years where, where that child was her, she would have loved him, uh, carried on loving him so much, and she would have shared with him who he was, the deep truths of Yahweh, uh, who had spared him, just like Isaiah had been spared. And it was lovely to hear that baby's cry just there, wasn't it? It was fantastic. The, Lord, the Lord's creation, and, and that Lord's creation was given, that affirming, um, by Pharaoh's daughter then, wasn't it? Wonderful. But she, she would have looked after that child so well and educated him. We don't know how long she had, probably not that long, before Pharaoh's daughter took him 
but she would have sorted, she would have told him who he was. What I wonder does God want you to take away today from this account of one of the most amazing mothers in the Bible? Well, I don't think I'd, until I was asked to preach on this, I don't think I'd really clicked as to how God had used this wonderful lady. Have faith in the God who cares and longs to multiply our blessings, as he did in that first chapter. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And little did, they, did Jochebed's realise what a great impact Moses was going to have on the whole nation of Israel. I suspect, though, that Moses' parents did have their eyes open to what God was doing in the first chapter. I believe they were <clears throat> a couple who were holding on to God's blessings in the past, and they knew that God had blessed Abraham, the people of Israel. They saw the midwives, perhaps, I don't know. Um, but they were also looking forward to more in the future. And I think that's... <clears throat> and I'm, I've, been, I've been encouraged with our church the last kind of year. And I, one, a couple of specific encouragements. I've, uh, I've had the privilege of... At least a number of us have had the privilege of, of going to uh, some funerals of tremendous men and women of the faith over the last year. And I've been able to go to Brian and Jeff's funeral. Brian's, Brian's funeral, of course, was two weeks ago. And I discovered great things about people I knew were great, but I discovered so much more. Individuals who love their Lord, people of huge drive who did great things uh, because of their faith, and yet they were so humble. A real inspiration to me. And I think let's be inspired by their faith, just like Jochebed was inspired by the past. And we can practice it ourselves. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Allow God into your planning. Allow God into your deepest needs and cares and let the Holy Spirit guide your dreams and ambitions. It's good, isn't it? When do you dream? When do you dream? When do, you, when do your ideas form? When do you muse on things? What to do with your life and things. Allow God into these situations so that your plans become God's plans and you end up doing something like mothering Moses. Fantastic, isn't it? Allow God into your situation so that your plans become God's plans. And as we think about a church and Romania, etc., etc., let godly ideas buzz round and burn in our hearts so that we'll be effective and so that God's purposes will occur. Allow space to God for God to act. And this is interesting, isn't it? I think sometimes in our Western society we try and <clears throat> reach the completion of the plans rather than going as far as God wants us to go. And um, I, don't, I, I, I suspect Jochebed didn't get further than putting, the, putting Moses in the Nile. I don't know, perhaps she did. But I, that's, uh, we, we don't know. But, but she, knew, her, she knew that God had taken us to that point. And sometimes we don't know the end from the beginning. Uh, sometimes God gives us everything, but, but not, you, not often. Um, and so we need to kind of allow space for God to act. And then enable others as well uh, to, uh, to get involved uh, in God's plan. Don't keep it all to yourself. Um, I'm sure Jochebed involved Amran, uh, but she also involved her uh, eldest child, Miriam. And little, little did she know that Miriam had a huge part to play in God's plan 
And Miriam's faith was then built up uh, as well. And that's a real message, isn't it, uh, to us? Uh, very often we, <coughs> we tend to, well, sometimes I think there can be a tendency to pray and then tell others when the prayer is answered. I know I fall into that trap sometimes. But let's share our deepest prayer needs so that actually we can all rejoice together when God answers and we can have our faith uh, built up together. We need to remember the plan is God's plan and it's a privilege uh, to be part of it. Whether in this church or abroad, your church, your uni, your CU, wherever. The plan is God's and it's a privilege uh, to be part of it. The saving of Moses' life was an important part of God's plan and we know now that God's plan for the whole, of, the whole of salvation. God could have done it by himself. But both Jochebed and Miriam had vital parts uh, to play. And God has lots of plans for our church, for our community. But I, and I wonder which of them uh, need your and my participation. So it's good. Let's be inspired by this fantastic mother. Uh, and move forward in our different churches and different areas of service in faith. Amen.